The views and opinions expressed in Media Litter Sandwich do not reflect on the views of the network, station, studio, website, sponsors, guests, hosts themselves, anyone or anything else associated or even not associated with this podcast. Maybe not even the person that said them. In other words, do your own research and do not sue anyone over what is said on this show. Welcome to Media Litter Sandwich. So, we talk about creators, you know, all sort, you know, like, uh, we talk to artists, we've talked to musicians, we've talked to, you know, social media creators as well, social media managers, we talked to writers, we've talked to people trying to start different movements, and we've also talked to event organizers. Why event organizers? Because there's a lot you can muck up doing an event. Um, and plus, I love conventions. I go to a lot of conventions. I go to a lot of trade shows. Not so much this year, but that doesn't mean, you know, just because I didn't go to an event or a trade show one year doesn't mean I don't love it. <laughs> or two years or three years, you know. Uh, just not long ago, I've missed. Uh, this was all, I think it was all in one weekend, actually. I missed um, TechCon. TechCon. Yep, Techicon, uh, Monroe Pop Fest, and Flint Fall Fest. All events I've been to in the past, all events I have videos on the YouTube and, and, and the normal website, toadin.com and youtube.com slash toadin.gay. If you want to see the cosplay videos from those, they're all fun, all great events. I, I've been to many of them, but it's time I get some ranting out. Um, and if you want to be the first person to hear my rants every week or my interviews, uh, it's on dvradio.net. Uh, we are uh, syndicated on DV Radio, so every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Center Time, that's 1900, because it is veteran-owned and operated, so we'll say 1900 as well. It is right on there on dvradio.net, and I'm in the chat room. For when that premieres uh, so yeah it streams on there it's fun because i'm in the chat room so it's also an ask me anything and uh i love to see start seeing more more people in there uh although i don't mind sitting in the chat room while playing a game or something but the more people in there the the, the crazier and and awesome the conversations go the conversation doesn't have to be on what's currently playing could be about anything uh, and, and it helps, and it's cool, and, and every once in a while, other people sh that are affiliated with the radio station show up, and it, it's a good time. It is. Uh, and I'm, of course, filming at the Foundation Hotel in the Foundation Studio at the Foundation Hotel in downtown Detroit. Uh, well, there's no traffic. I don't think you're going to hear any external traffic today because the entire road shut down. So I, I mean, they're not. No one's even parking cars in front. Uh, so it's really, really quiet here today. I kind of like it. Uh, I was actually just jamming out to Jimi Hendrix and you know playing some music while setting up. It was it was great. And I'm looking at the TCF Center as well. So I mean, I'm I'm downtown Detroit for sure. Not from the busiest street, but when there's a convention going on, I get to see a lot of cool stuff, which there's another convention going on there in a couple weeks. Um, so you kind of get the the theme of today's show. Um, but I do want to – I, I got to talk about – Issues and this is probably the most requested, locally requested. People actually talking to me requested topic. Uh, I mentioned I might talk about it once or twice, especially since this year I decided not to go. There's several conventions within the past year or two that I said I'm never going to that convention, probably ever again, at least not in the anytime in the near future. And people are like, "Why?" and I don't really want to give out which conventions and stuff like that, but let's go into reasons why, because those are good, you know, learn from mistakes. Uh, <laughs> the So we're going to talk about the things that bug me about conventions, uh, um, things that that are really, that can really build up over time. And... Let's start off uh, now. Misty Mills is a good friend of mine. Uh, she does the the warning, the message in front of these episodes. You know, 
your discretion of that person. Uh, she actually commented and gave me a huge list. So I want to start reading what she wrote. And then I will go into a little bit on my list, uh, including PC stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of SWJ stuff that's been going on that um, I can't say SWJ culture is the re- you know is a bad thing. I'll I'll get into it. There's there's byproducts that are unforeseen and that have issues and it's the way those byproducts are kind of dealt with that become an issue and i'll get into that i'll i will get into that uh let's go ahead and start with now missy mills wrote this comment on one of my facebook posts it's a little lengthy i'm gonna read the whole thing um along with some explanations and my thoughts on it as well Okay, so suggestions for the topic if you need them. Thank you, Misty. This is, she says, entry, uh, expensive entry levels on top of expensive parking, expensive food, drink, expensive photo ops. Okay, so let's hit a couple of these. Um, entry level fees or entry free fees. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you run a really tiny trade show that's nonprofit where you don't have to pay for the location, or your location is paid for by the vendors, um, meaning their table fee pretty much covers every all of that stuff. Um, and you're like, well, the, this fee over here just goes straight to a nonprofit. But you're expecting less than 500 people there that weekend, maybe 200 people that weekend, something like that. Maybe you should... Um, yeah, maybe you should lower that rate. Maybe it should be a $5 fee enough. I have seen uh, cons that were very, very small charge, try to charge $20, $25. Um, a going rate for a big convention is usually between 60 and 150 uh, depending on VIP packages and, and blah, 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 blah. Um, you don't take put that in stone. This is how much Toad said I should pay. There, there's so many different type kinds of conventions and events. It's a huge scale. There's a difference going to your local uh, comic convention that's in the basement of a church and going to one in a gigantic convention center. Hi, TCF. Uh, <laughs> and going to one that is totally worth it for you to go out of town, like, like the Game of Thrones convention in Nashville that it may be worth paying more, especially because if you're a huge fan of the show and you're going to see pretty much everyone you want to see and actually it's a scale, um, playlist live and VidCon more expensive than going to a trade show, uh, in, in some, you know, in a place that's not normally is in a banquet hall. Let's say a banquet hall. Cause I've been to trade shows and stuff in banquet halls. We'll, we'll say that in a, it, it, different varying prices. Uh, I will say it is very angry. It is messed up when you go to a venue and you have to pay for parking at the venue on top of an expensive ticket. I don't know about you, but I hate paying a hundred, you know, a, like $200 ticket and then parking $60. That, that, that I don't like either. Um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of times, that's out of conven- the convention person's hands. Sometimes it isn't. I have been to a comic convention, and this is this is angry. There's there's one, there's a couple conventions. I'm probably going to repeat several times. So I'm going to try not to name them. There is one that will do what it can to actually control the parking lot of the venue, so they could charge more for that and charge more for parking for all around it. That is messed up. Is you know, when they want to get as much money out of you as possible, uh, that is messed up. Uh, and there are shows that do that. They will, you know, you go to a venue that normally doesn't charge for parking. That day they're charging for parking. Now it's different if they're charging, you know, like, oh, yes, yeah, $10 ticket. They don't mention the $20 parking fee. Um, you know, something like But then you go in there, it's a $90 ticket. 
and it's a twenty dollar parking fee. Yeah, these things build, and it's if you know what's going on, it's either okay they had to charge for this or that, or yeah they just want to make more money. You, you never you don't know the expense of food or drink. Again, a lot of times it's not up to the convention person. Um, that's sometimes it is, sometimes it is. It depends what we're talking about. A lot of venues don't allow you to sell food or drink. Uh, that that's a fact. So that venue controls it. They, so, you know, what can you do? If you're booking, if you're bringing a lot, I've seen this a lot of time with shows too. They bring in food trucks. They don't control the price of the food truck, and that food truck has to pay bills too. They're paying for something too. They're, they they got to they got to make sure their trip is worth it. Um, and also, you know, and also pay their people and all that good stuff. So yeah, I mean. Some you know some of these uh, I know I know Missy's spitballing and some of this stuff, but sometimes the venue can or not the venue, but the organizer can curve them. Sometimes they can't. You know, you know food and food and drink sometimes an issue, but sometimes you can't do anything about that. Uh, expensive photo ops. Sometimes you can do something about that. Sometimes you can. A celebrity, if you're bringing one in, you have a bare minimum. I don't care. I'll put that. Okay, so that's the one thing I'm going to say on this list. I don't care about the celebrities. I don't go for the celebrities. I don't care. So I don't know about that world because I don't care. Expensive autographs, I don't care. That's up to the person or that's up to their management and with the show. I, I don't care. Um, and now some places have to charge for panels. Well, some places also make the trade show ticket cheaper by charging for the panels because they're actually paying for the people to speak at the panels. Now, professional, and we, Misty and I actually talked about this because me and her also go to more professional uh, conventions and, th- and, and things where the panels, you actually could get a certificate, education certificate, you get information out of. These are people that are flying in to talk on these panels. That that's why those cost more, you know, or different tracks. You get into more of a professional thing, and so yeah, if a celebrity is, uh, um, or the whoever the speaker is, if they have a speaking charge, and that's how they're going to cover that, then yeah, sometimes they'll charge if you want to go to the panels. Uh, Missy has said some of these panels have different. Okay, each panel is going to cost this much money. That's a little weird. I don't like that, but I do understand if there is a full like, like you will you could spend the entire time just at panels and they're all really good and they the, like each panel is an event that you would go to by itself. Then yes, it would be worth it to pay for that panel track, um, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, if if each panel is something that would be an event by itself. I don't have a problem with them charging extra if you want to go to panels. Uh, now, if the panels are just ran volunteer ran by people that don't really know what they're talking about and aren't, you know, therefore they, they, they can't make a living talking about that subject or not that that's different and, and they charge for it. Yeah. I, I, that's messed up, but that's why, you know, I think I kind of exhausted that a little bit. Um, Let's see here. It's become an effective cost-wise to even think of attending the main convention without doing any of the extras. So our biggest issue was them pinning on charge for panels, charge for parking, charge for the, you don't always have a choice in that. And it depends what that really does depend on the event. Um, some of the smaller conventions, like a you know. This is one of my things. Remember, uh, there's a difference between a convention and a trade show. A lot of trade shows call themselves conventions. Now, the term comic convention is going away because the San Diego Comic Convention started suing people and being uh, taken. A, they decided they own the generic term. So, yes, co- co- Comic Con is a generic term. I've gone to well over 100 events, different events, different organizers that have something called the Comic Con. The full term is comic convention, which you cannot own because that's what it's called. So that makes no sense in California. Go figure. 
California does stuff like that. Wow, I'm really getting kind of angry today. You know, this is this is actually an emotional topic for me. It is. Wow. All right. And some of this goes into Missy's next thing, con flood. What I say, I've gone to how many events? I used to go, man. Yeah, so much. There, there are cons almost every weekend, unless you have something unique to contribute. Stay out of the water and think about working with something established already. It was great for a while while we had the big con locally, big cons in nearby areas. Um, Remember, we're in Detroit area, so we're not just talking about all the cons in the Detroit area, but we're also talking about Chicago and Toledo, uh, Indianapolis, and some really local ones uh, in a while. But now it's just oversaturated. I wasn't even interested in going to Monroe this year, and I usually love that one, uh, but I'm getting con burned out. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one because people. Because a lot of cons are also merging in what they do. Like, they're no longer a comic convention. They're a pop fest. So you have gaming conventions. You have comic. You have just a pop general thing. And there's so many of them. What did I say? This this past weekend, there was three that I know of that I would like to go to. There were three of them. So, yeah, convention flood's a big thing. And there's... It, and with more conventions, like like kind of going downhill, or people just getting fed up with with a particular thing about one, like you know, what? I go to a lot of them. Uh, I or I can let me start organizing my own events. That's not going to help. It really isn't. I think the biggest thing that's going to help is just just start being more picky or helping. What Misty said, start you know working with the conventions. I did that. I decided um, if I'm going to complain about a convention, I'm going to work that convention. Uh, and I did that with a couple different things. I, I went in and, and worked with them. And that's why I feel I have a little bit more insight. I know Misty does too. Misty's worked. She's worked on on boards and uh, of conventions, and she, she put together events this is not coming just from a regular attendee for sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, but yeah, oversaturation, they're freaking everywhere. Bradley and I mentioned it a few weeks ago on the show. You know, people go, oh, Comic Con. Yeah, I'm going to go, I want to go to Comic Con. Like, which one? Like, uh, there's, there's, there's more than one in the area. Yeah. Yeah. There's more Comic Cons in the area than there are weekends. That means you have to make a choices, and there's no way you can afford them all as an as an attendee, or you can afford even the gas go back and forth. You can't do that. All right. Our next thing: unprepared panelists. Okay, so I want kind of want more or less focus on the organization, but th this does this just fall underneath it. Um, but she goes into unprepared panelists, big pet peeve of mine. I've had to jump in at last minute to run panels. I'm, so have I, and I know it can be really frustrating when someone doesn't have a backup plan, but at least try to put a plan in place. You usually have to submit, uh, uh, at least a few weeks in advance. So start planning early. Yes. Uh, there's, I, I've done, uh, now if I'm on a panel of five, six people, I go, who, who's the moderator? Oh, there's no moderator. And usually you, you just want to be like, okay, what are we going to talk about? Here's the three things that I talk about. Or at least whoever came up with the panel will have a decent description that you can kind of go off of. Uh, moderators are amazing. Uh, but whoever created it or is putting that panel together needs to do something more. I've been gone on panels where they just say, oh, we'll tell you when you come in. Here's a description. Don't worry, there's a moderator. I go up like, hey, so who's the moderator? I, oh, I think I am. Yeah, I am. And then they never ask me a single question. I hate that. <laughs> or the moderator completely ignores the audience. Um, they're just talking to their friends or the people on the panel only are talking to their friends in the audience and are ignoring the entire topic. Uh, I've brought this up before. Um, it, it's the best it, it, it's it's the best example of, of panels because I this is it, it's something that I was at the at multiple panels where if it had a certain uh, cast, couple people that that did a 
a very successful YouTube series. They had some really success, some really big sponsors. So they actually had gummies inside their series because Gummy Bear was sponsoring it. And moderators will bring it up and ask about it. None, no one else in the panel really know what he's talking about. But so they'll break down and start talking about candy. So that one year, at, I think it was Playlist Live, he had a bunch of attendees going. I was like, dude, I went in there to learn about this. And all they talked about were gummy bears. I want, you know, <laughs> you know for an hour, we talked about gummy bears and snacks. And, and, and what I went in there to learn about getting sponsorships. You know, how to talk to a sponsorship. And all they talked about were freaking gummy bears. Um. That happens, and it's 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 really messed up. Have a plan, some sort of a plan. I love moderating panels, by the way. Uh, one panel I went in to moderate. It was someone else. Uh, they didn't hire me because I wasn't getting paid, but I volunteered. And uh, um, the the not even the night before, the day of the day of, they sent me an email. Here's all your questions. He says how your exact run through is going to go the morning of. And I told, and they told me they're going to do something like that. And I said, here's your deadline. Uh, and I said that because this was years before uh, the technology has come a long way. This is before I could just pull up my cell phone and read from my cell phone, uh, which I could have, but I don't like doing uh, during a panel. And I really didn't want to do it at that point. Cause I was doing a lot of, uh, I was doing a lot of different panels at the time and a lot of different speaking engagements. I had a rhythm that I liked to do. And for that, I needed, uh, typed out neatly, neatly typed and printed paper with my notes on them. So I needed time to go through it all and print, print it, make notes and then rewrite and print again. That just, just was my method. And they sent me them, and the questions were bad. Everything was bad. I told the, I didn't say, this sucks. I said, hey, I got a method, and you didn't reach my deadline. I have to go with my, with my plan. And honestly, I think, but we worked so hard. I didn't want to tell them that I had students that made better questions than them. But, you know. It was bad, and I did what I did, and they later decided to start. They actually really liked the way I did it and uh, and um, wrote down some of the things and, and, and moderated, started moderating panels the following year in the way I did it. I organized a panel, and I had someone volunteer to moderate, and I told them who all, everyone was going to be, what the focus was, and this person who told me they had plenty of experience was horrible. They, they didn't know their topic. Um, I, I don't want to give too, I don't want to go too much into it, but I wanted them to question the panel from a certain point of view. And as a social media, um, Okay, this is not giving with anyway, because I know a lot of people claim to be social media managers and social media. No, we're not talking about Misty. We're talking about other people. I know a lot of other people that do it. So Misty is a social media guru, whatever. But one person claimed they knew all this stuff. They did it professionally, uh, and they went to talk to the panelists, and they knew none of it. And they only talked to their friends that they knew on the panel. Well, what about this person? What about that person? And their friends in the panel ran it like she couldn't stop them. If you're a moderator, you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to have some sort of control. It's okay to let panelists uh, sidebar a little bit as, as long as you feel like it's contributing. You need to be able to, to, st to have some sort of control. That I don't feel like that was on my part of the organizer, which I was unpaid too. I was volunteer. Um, in fact, volunteer. Be, that's a whole other. We're, we'll get into that in a second. Oof, oof. Moving on. Programming people have no idea what they're doing. Irritate me. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot that goes into that job that you can't expect to learn on the job and be successful at. 
have worked on staffing at least a few cons before taking on programming or concert. Um, yeah, know your job, uh, or at least ask questions. One of my first times helping uh, pro in a programming fashion, the, oh, man, I wanted to walk out. I probably should have walked out. I was at a meeting, and they it's not that they refused to answer any of my questions. They were They were just exhausted every time I asked a question. You know what I mean? Like, hey, um, do I con – you know, you I'm not allowed to contact any future guests. I have to go through someone. What's the proper way to do that? Do I need to let you know no, or do I go straight to the the in between manager, or go to our no? Do I go to our contact and they go to the manager, or do I let you know first? That way you can you know just give them a list. How, how are you organized? You know, how would you like to do it? <sighs> Ooh. Uh, okay. Well, as explained in last year, I, I wasn't here last year. Well, last year we had explained every meeting. This is the first meeting. Every meeting I had to explain this, and this is what it is. Like, I don't care. This is the first meeting, my first time here. If you want to tell me, Somewhere else, we can do that. Like every single question was something like that. And it was it was bad because I had to interrupt private conversations. You know what they were talking about? They were talking about parties, adult parties that had no business being talked about in any kind of professional manner. I don't care who wasn't wearing anything or whatever during your parties and your personal time in your personal house and your lifestyle. I don't care. We're there to talk about a convention. We're there talking about comic books, convention. And, and and social media and film stuff. I was there representing film stuff. Come on. Yes, I'm getting kind of angry remembering this. It was terrible. Forget about backup plans. That person was, well, you know, they weren't even, they, they knew what they were doing. They just didn't care. And that person later on took credit for, for everything everyone else did. It was absolutely terrible. I would never... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would never want to run an organization where that was a, the normal. I'm not insulting these people saying they can't do a great job. I'm saying I wouldn't want to where that is the normal. It's terrible. Oi. Sorry, I'm ranting. I'm, I'm not very... <laughs> Ooh, I'm a little forklimped. Um... Marketing, marketing, marketing. Oh, my God. Cons put their marketing budget last, and it shows. Stop using word of mouth on social media is the only thing you do. Surprisingly, print still works. Print, flyers, postcards, items left at the freebie tables at other conventions. Get tables at other conventions and reach out to local shops and stuff that have the clientele that you want to attract. I think that speaks for itself. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of shows, some shows I went to, like, well, we put on social media all the time. Well, did you go to any other shows? I mean, there's organizers that never go to any other shows. And it shows. Not just in the people that attend, but the way they organize. It shows. Um, Missy goes on, run it like an MFing business. And that, wow, I think she was getting emotional, too. So, yeah. Uh, a business, not a hobby. If you if you aren't going to be a con that lasts, why should someone invest their time and energy and money into a con that probably won't be around three years from now? This is for attendees, panelists, vendors, etc. So she made sure she mentioned that this she's talking about an actual convention, not a trade show, a big, large event. You know, put you run it like a business. Like, oh yeah, this is all just fun and games. Well, you're for your fun and games, your hobby. People are driving two or three states over. Like sometimes this happens with vendors. They get you know like, oh, that looks like a good show, and you're you're like, yeah, it's gonna be a great show. You're hyping it up, and you got vendors and guests driving hours away for this don't disappoint them they're putting you know they're not just putting in your ticket they're putting in travel hotel you know people are putting investing in this even if it's just their time time is money 
You know, they could be, you know, some people are choosing to go to your convention over hanging out with their family or doing an act or taking extra shifts at their job or some people taking days off at work. I mean, this is treat it like a business. Show some respect, you know, um, and, and if we have time, there's another list I found out I'll read through. Um, I'm going to start going through this a little bit faster. Be good to your vendors, uh, especially when so many are losing money at being at cons. Yeah, because a vendor doesn't know if they're going to even make enough money to cover their table. Uh, don't overcharge for tables. Plan an effective layout. Provide them with marketing tools. For one con, we made social media assets for the panelists and vendors. Many used them, and they were properly branded instead of expecting vendors and panelists to make their own. Okay, I don't know too much about that that making their own brand or anything. But yeah, absolutely. Be good to your vendors. Your vendors make the event. Your panelists make the event. Be good to them. Don't treat them like trash. I hear I hear that happening and and, and it's really messed up and you know if a vendor if a vendor's treated well enough there's a lot of vendors that will go to conventions where they know they will lose money at but they'll make someone's day while they're there because they could have what they're looking for and they'll have fun hanging out with with the other vendors and stuff but if they're miserable and they don't make tape you're never going to see them again or if they're miserable and they don't care you know they know they're going to make money wherever they go um yeah they're going to choose somewhere else and that which is you can say, oh, well, I'll find someone else, but that's not the, that's not a great attitude, you know. Be good to the people, you know, and work work travels, man. It does. Um, now this is, and then the rest of this is as an attendee. Um, I'll, I'll make this quick. I'm not going to read everything. People should, you know, wash, be clean. We already know a lot of conventions, you know, that there's that whole whole, hey, bathe, take a shower. Uh, vendors with attitudes, okay. Um, yeah, whatever. Sometimes vendors do, sometimes they don't. Um, programming, oh, this is big. A lot of places move to online programming. Um, invest in an app then, make it good. You know, let people know what's going on at the convention. That's a big thing. I've been to there one of the conventions I've been to this year. I didn't know what's going on. I didn't know there was even panels. There was no. I couldn't. I was told there was a program online. I couldn't find it. Um, there was there was one sign saying where the panels were, and you had to go to each room to read what was going on. Um, you're not you're not giving any of your panelists in this case they actually had a lot of event people um that's promoting their things and they're spending money when you're bringing like more than 20 30 people out to an event that gr and they're not getting paid that group is is showing a lot of devotion and it's costing them one way or another it's costing them to be there at least show them enough respect to give attendees a heads up that they're there you know, man, prep volunteers. Be good to your volunteers. Volunteers are the life force of a convention. It's it's true. It's true. Um, what I was saying before when I was on staff, a couple ones. There's there was there's one convention which I don't think I I, I just I don't think I could ever work for again. Even though I like some of the people there, as a staff member, I was treated worse than volunteer members volunteer people were able to get their ticket money back they were um they were given some extra goods there was they were treated really really well staff didn't get any of that they had a uh, discount tickets which truth be told if i was i was doing panels and staff if i was only doing panels i would have paid the same amount um I was actually meet a media uh, media press pass several times, so I would have got for free. But because I was staff, I was not allowed, and I was still doing I was still doing uh, press. I still had to pay because that was the way they did things. So even though I was press, I had to pay because I was also staff. Kind of makes sense. That does make sense, I guess, on some level. But if I wasn't staff, I would have gone for free. And I also didn't get any of the bonuses the volunteers got. So there was a, in that convention, there's a lot of people that 
became staff and they said, this sucks. I'm never doing this again. I had to pay for my hotel room or I had to pay for this or that. Meanwhile, as a volunteer, they had they got reimbursed uh, things or there was actually a spot for them to to sleep and no one to bother them as a volunteer. That's we could talk a little bit about that later. That's one particular convention, which, you know, whatever, but still treat your volunteer. They're running your convention. Treat them good. You know? Um, and then she pretty much stopped. Okay, cool. So there was, like I said, I thought that was good. That actually took a lot off of my list. That's why I wanted to go through what Misty had to say. Um, so let's talk about some of this PC stuff, this SHW culture um, that <laughs> that has some really things that. So what makes this. Well, the organizers make it an issue. Okay, so organizers want to go around and, and, and do some extra things. So if they're right, you're wrong. That's the wrong thing to everyone with respect, right? Mentioned that already. So I've been to many conventions now that will, on the bathrooms, will have, and this is really hard for them to do. There's a lot of legal stuff that involved this from, from what I'm told. I, I myself didn't have to go through the process. But when it comes to uh, making bathrooms open to everyone, there's one of the cons, so actually there's a couple cons I've been to, where they'll actually put signs, every, you know, um, whatever, wash your hand signs um, on top of the actual men's and women's bathroom signs. So you don't know which one is which. Um, this can lead to awkward situations. Uh, there's a lot of attendees that don't care. As long as, be, as long as everyone's being respectful and nothing messed up's going on, a lot of attendees don't really care. But they want, you know, like men want to use the men's room for the proper facilities. And... Uh, and there was guys complaining, like, "Hey, can you at least let me know which one I for that I'm supposed to use? You can use either one you want. That's not what I meant. Which one has what I need? I need to pee. You know, <laughs> like I don't. I know there's a whole other debates on this, but let's keep it basic. The things that affect the con the most. So that that affects people's attitude and when you tell them you know and when they make up excuses of why they have to fi they have to play guessing games or which one <laughs> you know for the guys has the urinals for them to play you're giving them excuses and instead of just saying you know what that's a that's a good point we'll put something up there which they in the 3 years they, that I was there they, they never actually did they kept saying they were going to they never did um that's a minor complaint. The larger complaint is when you have a bar right around the corners everywhere, and at night people are drinking, and you have guys following girls into the girls' room after the girl turns them down. Um, now, truth be told, now when a, you know it could be either set, it doesn't matter what their gender is really, it doesn't matter. Someone's bugging them. They go to the bathroom. A few minutes later or whatever, they come out of the stall, and there that person is. Now, it could have been by accident. That guy might not know what bathroom to go in. That's And that's been the excuse. There's been people that called them out on it, and they said, well, I just chose one because I didn't know which one. You see how these play on each other? It's an issue. And that that's why some of these conventions, when I told my girlfriend, hey, would you have problems? Like, you know what? I really like the panels, but I'm not going to miss people following me into the bathroom. Not going to miss it. These complaints, people have actually been ba uh, kicked out of social media groups for these complaints. I, I, I'm not kidding. I'm not even saying that they were... They were like uh, 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 being a-holes about it. They're like, hey, this is what's happened. <coughs> They're just like, hey, this is what happened. And then other people get upset that there was something that happened. But you're, how dare you, you want to uh, uh, change this? This is for a really good reason. Well, you, I'm just saying you need to 
you know, you need to look at it because this stuff can't be happening no more. You know, we can't have people following people into the bathrooms when they're uncomfortable. It, you can't have that. <laughs> it's, and you even have one of the conventions, actually two of the conventions, there's organizers in on social media insulting and insulting people for it. That's be professional. Again, run it as a business. Social media is part of that business in that group, on that page, whatever. You do not want to look like someone that doesn't know how to be professional. As a panelist, as someone that goes to these things as a press person and all this other stuff, I make a lot of jokes. I do. I On social media, I put up memes. I do all that stuff. When I'm on in an event page, when I'm in an event group, I do not – I, I – I want to help people. I want to answer questions. I want people to come meet me. I want people to be interested in what I do. I do not want to be an a-hole. Yes, that's a bad word. I do not want... I don't want to be a jerk. And I'm not going to insult someone for the sake of insulting them. And I feel like when you're on one of those pages and people are doing that or being condescending to be for just for the sake of being condescending or because they're an admin or whatever, that is not how you want to represent yourself. And you're not going to get make anyone's day doing that. It's horrible. Or you may make someone smile and make their day, but don't do that. Be professional. You know? If don't say, well, we're not professionals. This is a nonprofit. This is volunteer. You're running this convention. It's a profession. It's it's it, you. You want this con around next year? Run it like a business. You know, don't be a jerk. So there's this con, and this is actually my second time telling the story because first time I got kind of upset and I started forgetting things. <laughs> So for two years, they emailed me and they said, hey, we know you. We want you to do some video workshop. We want to talk about your YouTube stuff. There's some really cool stuff. Uh, you're in. Just go ahead and send us what you would like to talk about or how it would be, and, and we can work on it. So I do that. And they say, cool. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm told you have to fill out the, this application. 40-page application. Boom. Took me a long time to fill out the first year, and I told them second year, like I don't want to fill out that. I don't want to fill out that forty-page application. They go, okay, we made it easier for you. Um, still, it was the same thing. Um, so, forty-page application. You should never. It's a volunteer freaking convention, and they give you a forty-page application. Too much for any for a panelist that you asked to be on to give a forty-page application. Anyways, both those years. Nope. Got, got, got told no after they asked me to be on. I said, well, what's wrong? Did I feel something out wrong? If you don't like the way we're doing these, we can, we can change them. After all, I'm doing this for you. Let's talk about this. And I am actually very flexible. And they're like, no, I don't know why, why you're told no, but you know, you're told no now. So, so two times, third year. They asked me, I told, I'm not doing that. I'm If I'm going to get told no, I'm not doing that. If you really want me there, go talk to the powers that be. That way, if they're going to tell you no, they could tell you no now. And I don't have to fill out this 40-page stupid application again. They're like, okay, well, let me go figure out what happened. They come back. They say, yes, you are fine, but you still have to fill out. They changed up 60 pages this year. Um, you know, like, I better have panels. I better have panels. So I talked to them. We worked it out. Not only would I do the YouTube stuff, um, but I would also do a zombie panel with, with, with other people and an Orphan Black panel with other people. I love that show, Orphan Black. When the First shows uh, done by BBC America, not just BBC, but BBC America. When their first originally produced shows, although it was made in Canada. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, love that show. Really excited to talk about it. Uh, word got back. The YouTube stuff, gone again. 
but I but I was going to get a free ticket still uh, to do my press stuff, to do my video stuff. Okay, so that's fine. Um, again, because I finally get to I get to talk about a couple of subjects I love. At zombie events, I do a million zombie events, and and I love Orphan Black. They come back to me about Orphan Black. They go, so we got a few people already on the panel. Um, we're an inc- we are an inclusive uh, convention. Uh, I believe that's the term they use. Inclusive, mean, meaning everyone is welcome, and we do everything to to present everyone. Uh, at least that's what it's supposed to mean. What it really means is they discriminate. Uh, they because this was them telling me I was told you can't be on it. Uh, they basically assumed my gender, assumed my race, assumed my sexual orientation, and be, and used these things to judge that I do not belong on that panel. They told me. Uh, it's going to be an all-female panel, although they were trying to get a man on the panel, but they're telling me no. Um, <laughs> but because as a mostly female audience, they they want uh, – if they could get someone else. They asked me if I could ask uh, friends of mine that were people of color if they could talk about the show and telling me I can't be on it because of what they assume my race and my gender and my sexual orientation is. How – Effed up and messed up. How messed up is that? That really got me. And I did go to the panel. It was okay. It'd have been better if they knew what they're talking. You know, if, if they had someone else on the panel with a slightly different point of view, maybe someone that read all the comic books and behind the scenes stuff, like me, because I really loved that show. Um, I was really looking forward to talk about. It. I love that show. Um, I, I, these people, they, I watched talk shows devoted about that show. Um, I was the only one, um, in that room that watched these things. And a couple times, like, yeah, I wonder about, yeah, they'd mentioned several times I raised my hand and, and gave them information that I knew. Um, <laughs> I should have been on that panel, and someone told me I should have been on that panel. They're like, "Wow, you're really devoted." Like, yeah, I was supposed to be on this panel, but apparently, men aren't allowed. Um, (laughs) Well, men were allowed, just not white men. Uh, They weren't allowed because it's um, well, because the convention is discriminatory towards straight white men. Uh, At least that's what they think I am, because. They assume, they never ask, they assume race, gender, all that stuff. Um, horrible, horrible, horrible um, thing to do to anyone. Um, no organization should ever do that. Uh, they should not play, you know, so when I said byproducts, you know, because I should never even went. I did the zombie one, and the moderator for that was terrible. Absolutely horrible. Ignored almost everyone in the room except for her friends on the panel. Um, didn't ask me any questions. Don't know why. Whatever. I never go into that convention ever again. Because why would I won't go to a convention that straight up discriminates people? So it wasn't just that experience. I've seen it time and time again nowadays. And it's... Now, I helped organize conventions. I don't care what somebody looks like. I don't care what anything in their personal life is. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Why am I being told that matters? It doesn't. And I know my own personal experiences pale, pale in in comparison to many, many other people. I know that. I really do, and I'm not making this about SJW stuff, uh, and I'm also not trying to cry and whine. These are things that are problems, and if there's any kind of discrimination, it's a problem. And and that does go into organizers need to think about their attendees, too. Um, They need to think about they can't discriminate at all. I went to one convention, and this infuriated me, too. I, I was on a panel, and I'm trying to bring stuff to the stage, and what the person did was is like an auditorium set up. And I talked about this on the podcast before. Hell, I had the, the organizer. I talked about it with the organizer on the podcast. They basically put vendors in front of the two doors going to the auditorium with wheelchair ramps. 
They blocked people and they wouldn't let people with with wheelchairs use the wheelchair ramps to get to handicap accessible seating. So what happened? They had to sit in the aisles and block people from coming in because they had nowhere else to go. They they only left one door open and wouldn't allow people in wheelchairs to access handicap accessible seating. How stupid is that? You know, so this is why you treat your volunteers. Well, you listen to them. You treat it like a business. Butts and seats are dollars. Get those dollars, you know? It's a business. You want people happy. You want things good. Hopefully this wasn't informative. Um, Again, there's a lot of conventions I love. Even conventions I love mess up, which is fine. Learn from it. Um, I'm not sure what the takeaways from this are anymore, except for... Man, there's a lot of conventions. There's a lot of conventions, and you can be picky, and it's fine. Don't be a snob. Just, just, just have fun. Just have fun. That, that's it. There's so many out there, you know. Um, and if you do go to a lot of conventions and you stock up on something, you smiled on Amazon. If you use Amazon, you smiled on Amazon because a small portion at no cost to you can go to charity and. Here, as I mentioned beginning of the show, we're syndicating DV Radio. Our charity of choice is DV Farm. Go ahead and learn about it. It's great. I mentioned doing your research. If you want to donate to DV Farm, do your research. Figure out if it's the right charity for you. And you can always donate to multiple charities. It's fine. I change mine up once in a while, too. But my default is DV Farm on Amazon. Smile.amazon.com. Media Layer Sandwich. We are on many podcast apps, uh, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, I don't know what else, Podbean, uh, Pod this, Pod that. <laughs> uh, uh, tune in. You know, we're on a ton of. If you have your, if you share this to your friends, please share it. You know, let, and then let them know, like, hey, look, if this isn't the app that you like to use, search for a media layer sandwich on the app you like to use. We're also on YouTube, or you know, and there's a lot of different video sites out there now that use video from YouTube and show it. So maybe we're on another video site too that someone else might watch. I don't know, but you know, we're on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Tone and K. Uh, we have a website, medialitersandwich.com. I have a website, my personal website, toden.com. We have Facebook pages, both of them, uh, Media Litter Sandwich and Toden. And a group. Talk to us in the group if you can. Please, you know, let us know your thoughts. Was this too much? I don't know. Would you like a more, you know, like me go a little more into another subject? I felt like I needed this rant. <laughs> and I hope you I hope you learned something. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and may the algorithms be in your favor. <laughs>